0: Right, everyone welcome to another episode of dungeon crawlers where we have an awesome interview and some really cool stuff to talk about we have uh the guys from wizards of the coast here to talk about their new trading card game which is called transformers if you don't know what that is i'm sorry you're born in a cave i don't know
1: you're in a cave and daniel now has a personal vendetta against you
0: maybe um <laughs> maybe yeah Daniel's
1: uh, favorite uh general daniel, daniel's Is it your favorite franchise or your second favorite? Like, between this and Star Wars, what's number one?
0: Uh, I think they're tied. Really. Uh, Star Wars and Transformers is my biggest love, and then there's superheroes after that. Um, I remember being a small child, waking up, programming my parents' VCR, which VCRs at that time were not very easy to program. There were toggles and switches uh, to record Transformers. Because it was on super early in the morning, and I didn't want to wake up that early in the morning. Um, But I programmed it to record it so that when I woke up to eat my breakfast, I would watch Transformers. Um, It was
1: important back in the day. And then having that tape to replay, that was as good as gold. Yes. People nowadays with Netflix and online videos and YouTube are spoiled because that... You couldn't have every episode. No. It It was a rarity.
0: If you didn't record it, you missed it. I mean, I remember there were some times... Like I didn't. I woke up late, so I didn't get to watch it while I was eating breakfast. And I'd go to school, and people were talking about the episode. I'm like, no. I mean, you talk about spoilers now. I mean, people, spoilers were everywhere. But back then, it was like the biggest thing because if you you wanted to know those type of things, but then you didn't want to know, Um, because if you missed an episode, you missed it. There was no way to see it again.
1: Exactly. There's no instant replay, and and it could be weeks or even months before that episode would uh, would be aired on syndication again. And even then, you had no idea when to plan for it. It was yeah. random. It was luckily dice. Yeah. So well, right, this is a, our trip down memory lane. But <laughs> the exciting thing is now everybody can go down memory lane uh, with this new card game, right?
0: Yeah. No. I mean, that's the really cool thing. So the card game, you get it has a really big Gen One feel. Um, so that would. Is exciting to me, but at the same time, it's not just Gen One. They're going to the generations timeline. You'll hear about them talking about that. So that kind of encompasses a lot, all these other uh, series that we've seen. So, like for me, Gen One is the ultimate cartoon series. But I know Scott, that's not the case, right?
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So uh, Scott's a huge Beast War fan. Um, now. We tried to do this. This is th- there's this weird bubble in the universe that just thwarted us. Scott and I were both here for this interview uh, to talk with Wizards, and for some reason, they could not hear Scott. Every time Scott would talk, it would be like this void, and the guy uh, Drew uh, from Wizards could never hear him. It was the weirdest thing. Uh, so I think I the think computer's just too new, Daniel.
1: It, it was I. It was it was only picking up you because you were the main. Person on the computer, and so everything else background noise. So apparently, I was background noise. Yeah. So, but hey, it's okay. You're not coming to listen to me. You're coming uh, to listen to the interview today, and it's it's an amazing interview to the point where I'm going to go out and buy a new card game.
0: Yes. Um, however, before we jump into the interview, uh, some really big news happened this week uh, in the geek universe, the geek world. Um, with Tragic. The, with the passing of Stan Lee. Um, huge, huge guy, uh, in the comic industry, fantastic writer, fantastic creator, uh, you know. And I, I've been watching Amazing a lot
1: art. of Amazing man.
0: Yeah, I've been watching several interviews of him, and he was very humble. Um, one thing I, I noticed in, in these interviews is he was just thankful to be a part of the creation of these fantastic characters. He didn't really take. It wasn't like, oh, I did this. Uh, you know, he saw it as a collaborative work in creating these characters that will certainly outlive him um, because they're still going on, honestly. And uh, I, I, I'm a little upset. We had an opportunity to uh, meet the man, get a photo with him. Unfortunately, uh, he wasn't feeling well, and that didn't happen, and now that can't be, uh, which is extremely sad. Um But the man will still live on in movies, in comics, and many of the things he's created and written. Uh, Definitely, any time I see one of these Marvel movies and see him show up, uh, it's it's definitely going to be a little uh, tearful, to be honest.
1: It is. It it is. It's a tragedy. I still remember watching uh, "Who Wants to Be a Superhero"? I believe it was a reality show back on Sci-Fi a couple years ago, and. Stan Lee, was, uh, he would actually interview the different heroes. He would be like their spokesman. And he had just such a heart for all of us kids that that basically are still kids at heart. I mean, he, he himself was a kid at heart and such an amazing and humble guy. And he touched so many of us uh, emotionally um, and gave us hope that it was okay that we were different, that we didn't exactly fit in with everybody else, that everybody is special in their own unique way. And that as we learned how we were special, we could use those personal special traits to help benefit the world. That it was our, not just uh, our duty, but our responsibility, our duty and responsibility to add to the world, to make it a better place than it was, than how we found it. And I know, at least for me especially, he will most certainly be missed. This world needs more men uh, of his caliber, men like him, men like Mr. Rogers, uh, men who came into this world and made a positive change and helped us all to feel a little bit more like we belonged, that we were special, um, that we still are special. And I feel like it's important for us to always remember his, his message and keep that going forward, that it's not about... Like It's not all me, me, me. It's about what can I do for the world, yeah. and how can I accept everyone else and help their lives to be better.
0: Well, I'm going to pull up one of my, uh, my, my favorite quotes from him real quick. Um, and this is Stan Lee saying, I used to be embarrassed because I was just a comic book writer while other people were building bridges, going on to medical careers, and then I began to realize entertainment is one of the most important things in people's lives. Without it, they uh, they might go off the deep end. I feel that if you're able to entertain people, you're doing a good thing. Um, you know, as a writer, as uh, one of the hosts here on the podcast, I think that's true. I mean, we do. We're here to entertain. We're here to do a service, um, and that's a good thing. As long as we keep doing that, and it's something I want to try to keep in mind with with the things I do, just because. That, I mean, that is a, a tough thing because, yeah, I'm just a writer, or I'm just a comic book guy, but at the same time, we are contributing to other people's lives, making their lives better in some small way, and bringing some sort of positivity uh, to that. And I'm grateful uh, that Stan did what he did we wouldn't have spider-man or iron man or or thor captain american all these really great iconic characters without his help um you know and each of those characters do have their flaws their faults their which is something we can all relate to we can all we've all been at that point where we're super angry and we just feel like we want to destroy things like hulk some of us feel like gods that we just descend and we can do anything um, some of us are just the little guy that just wanted a chance to protect someone else, um, and then got their chance. So, you know, and some of us are just that snarky nerd that was in high school that somehow got s- powers that could protect others, um, or made a mis- made a mistake that we realized we had to change how we use those powers. Um, you know, I... I'm grateful for that and you know Stan will be missed uh, greatly and deeply but he definitely left a mark on this world uh, that will certainly not disappear anytime soon and I, I just I think we want to give a moment of silence before we go into our interview for him and just remember he's not gone he's you know he's one of those watchers that's always watching over us All right, that was our moment of silence. Um, for those of you, I don't know. Uh, this is something I did. I don't know if this is something you guys want to do as our listeners. Change your Facebook profile to something you know, like a uh, cover of a Marvel comic book, or even a, an image of one of your favorite Marvel superheroes, to uh, you know, memorialize uh, Stanley. And let's do that for the next week or two, um, just in remembrance of him. And you know. With that said, uh, let's jump into the interview. Let's uh, change gears. Uh, I know it's kind of dour, but uh, let's jump into something exciting. Talk about Transformers, another great franchise. And hopefully, you guys love this game as much as I do. And uh, I'm excited to have Scott grab some of these cards so that we can uh, have a duel. The duel! Alright, with that said, let's jump into this interview. Welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Crawlers where we have Drew Nowalsko. And John Short with Wizards of the Coast to talk about their amazing, exciting, awesome card game, Transformers: The Trading Card Game, which I am super stoked about.
2: Hey, everybody! Really, really awesome to be on the on the podcast.
0: So, thank you for uh, taking some time out of your day to talk to us about Transformers and this really cool idea for a, a card game.
2: Yeah. So. It is super exciting. and you know one of the things that I love most about is that we've just tried and done a ton of like completely non-standard things with this, and it's it's super paid off. Um, you said you loved it. What do you love most about it?
0: Well, first off, the fact that it's Gen one cartoons, um, the artwork is amazing, and the rules are super simple. i I opened up the uh, the starter set looked at the rules, and was able to play within minutes. It wasn't like, okay, it wasn't overly complicated. I wasn't trying to struggle and learn it. It was just easy. It it was simple. It was amazing.
2: Yeah, so you you did three things right on the head, man. Um, We we really pushed hard on each of those areas, and it's been paying off. the, the, The words you're saying, the reception that you have to each of those topics, we've seen in spades. Which one do you
0: want to tackle first? Well, um, let's let's go to the the Gen One series because um, I know I am not the only one that feels like that is like the golden era of uh, Transformers. Uh, that was from my childhood, and whenever I think of Transformers, that's exactly what I envision in my head. Instead of the stuff that we saw with like Michael Bay, some of the Japanese stuff. Um, like super ultra gods and headmasters and so forth. And I love the fact that you guys went back to that and all the artwork looks exactly like that. Gen one style.
2: I grew up with, with, uh, transformers. Um, you know, I, I'm of that age that that was, that was one of the two sort of premier toy toy lines of my youth. Yeah. Uh, the other being GI Joe. Um, I guess I was a Hasbro kid from the beginning. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I distinctly remember my first Transformers like purchase with my own money. I, I, which I remember the first character, the, the first action figure that I actually saved up money for. I mowed lawns to, to like like you know specifically to get additional Transformers.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, uh, Grapple, by the way. Oh, nice one! First one that I I, I learned self restraint that I didn't you know I I wasn't gonna buy one of the 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 three the like 299 or 399 ones every time i got some scraped some money together uh, i was going to save to get one of the larger characters and grapple was that i i loved tonka trucks as a really tiny child and we're going back further more mid- <laughs> decades than i want to talk about um, and so that that big yellow construction equipment really appealed to me as a youngster anyway and i collected a lot of transformers i still have my complete devastator nice um, not all of my Gen One uh, uh, toys from that from that that time period in my childhood have survived. Some of them may have been, you know, run off cliffs and perhaps blown up. Um, <laughs> but uh, but a number of the ones did, and I have a very bad that that original Grapple was in pretty bad shape, and he doesn't have his his spring loaded hands anymore. Uh, but he is sitting on my, on my shelf at home along with my, my full devastator from, from childhood. Nice. And, and, you know, the, the look and feel of the characters is generations, which is the sort of modern art style for the G1 look. And it it is the, the modern interpretation of what, what those characters and those body forms and those vehicle forms, uh, look like with just modern illustration, Mm -hmm. um, and we slot squarely in the Generations line. Not not just because of the, the, the sort of awesome look, but also because of how wide a character selection Generations as a line offers us. Um, and that is something that a trading card game can distinctly take advantage of, and we, we really like that.
0: Yeah. So... Got,
2: got a favorite character? Uh,
0: my favorite character is Optimus Prime. Always has been. Uh, I still actually... Um, I have the older, my toy from a kid, but, uh, a couple years back, my dad gave me an un, he tracked down and found an unopened Optimus Prime from the 84 toy line. And you, it sits on my shelf. I don't even dare open it even though I want to, but that's what my older versions of Optimus are for to, you know, if I want to transform it every now and then.
2: Very nice.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. From the from the those old days, the only ones I have besides that one is uh, a hot rod and a Starscream.
2: Okay, so we get, we we've got multiple versions of Starscream and and Pro, and Optimus Prime in the in the the Wave One Booster Set. Uh, you know, one of the things that we 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 talked about early on is and and you, you, whenever you're doing a character driven IP driven uh, game, uh uh-huh. you, you need to you need to have this conversation with the And and make this determination, and it's how difficult should it be for the average player, the average consumer, uh, to obtain the most desired character. Yeah. And one of the things that we decided was it should be darn easy to get your hands on a copy of Optimus Prime. Yeah. Like, and Megatron, and Starscream, and Bumblebee. (laughs) And so we decided super early on that we were just going to make different copies, different versions of those characters that focus on different aspects of those characters' personalities or storylines and sort of parcel that out a little bit. You know, this is Freedom Fighter Optimus Prime. This is Battlefield Legend. This is the Autobot Leader Optimus Prime. They each slightly talk about different things, and you'll see that more over time as the game releases more product. But we wanted to make sure that whether you're a youngster six-year-old, you know, who's getting your first set of booster, starter set and booster packs, or Transformers fan who's hunting down favorite characters, you get your hands on at least one copy of your favorite character, you know, of the big, the big name characters really easily.
0: Yeah. I've gone out, I've spent enough money on this. Uh I, I know I'll spend more, but like I have three different Bumblebees, three Optimus Primes, four Megatrons, four Starscreams. But beyond that, I've also been able to get a Grimlock, which is an awesome character, a Shockwave, Wildjack, uh, Jazz, and Prowl, and a whole bunch of other really great characters. And I, and I you know, I'm still super excited to continue finding more. Um, maybe one day I'll get that Nemesis Prime, but, uh, you know, I've got all the Dinobots, I've got pretty much all the Insecticons. Uh, it's just a fun game, and it's so exciting to go there, open up, get a pack, and open up hoping you're going to get something. But even if I don't, I'm like, sweet, I got a really cool card.
2: Yeah, the, the opening up the booster pack and seeing what character you, you get is a really kind of special moment. It's got anticipation. It's got uh, the reveal, the sort of emotional payoff. Uh, it's it's one of the things that is most fun about about booster packs i mean there's, there's and and nothing really tops kraken packs
0: yeah well and, and i like the how you have it designed you know you get a booster pack you get a character you get some additional cards that help your characters out uh it's not superly overly complicated you're definitely gonna get something that's gonna help you and you're gonna get a character that you can ultimately play with
2: hey wanna wanna help us test a super fun way to open booster packs sure you and your listeners. So it's called two-pack sealed, and each player takes two packs and cracks them, and that's your deck. So you run whatever you have. And here's how we, you balance it. So you take your two characters and put them into play in front of you. Okay. Your opponent does the same, and then you count the difference in stars between the two teams. So let's say I am an absolute Luxac, and I open up Nemesis Prime and Optimus Prime, Uh, battlefield legend and that is 25 points wow and you open up um i don't know prowl and and uh, kickback kickback and that that's i think seven seven and five seven and six 13 stars
0: uh prowl let's see prowl is six and kickback is five so that's 11
2: 11 stars okay so That is a 14-point star difference, so the person who has the more stars puts the difference in damage any way they feel fit on their characters. Ooh. And that's the handicap. And now you you take the 14 cards in your deck, in, in the two packs, shuffle them together, and that's your deck. And then you just play a regular game. The games are super quick, the rules are exactly the same as regular play, and this is a, a really fast way to crack packs. Like if you're going to open a box of packs, grab a friend and this is a great way to do it.
0: Yeah, no, that sounds super fun. I, I'm going to have to try that. Um, I may have to do that after this, uh, interview. There's a game store not too far from here. Uh, no. Yeah. So we're,
2: what, one of the things that we're doing is we're testing out our, you know, this is a rolling, a rolling launch for transformers. Yeah. Uh, and we're rolling out different aspects of the brand's product clearly is out and is first. And, and the, the, we launched a league, which is, you know, you come back week after week to your local game store and you sort of progressively build a sealed deck. You add a pack to your, your, your collection each week. And then we'll be rolling out additional formats for people to enjoy. And this, this one is a fast, a fast battling format that we, we really like
0: in the office here. So, where did the idea for this game come from? Because it had to have come from somewhere. I mean, it's already great that you guys are part of Hasbro, so it was probably an easy marriage there. But the first
2: place that I distinctly heard about it is... um, I I was working on a product that was a, a, a test market product for a different region... Uh, creating new Magic the Gathering Planeswalkers. Okay. Uh, I've worked on a number of things at WOTC. Previous to this, I was doing some special projects work. Uh, Before that, I was the lead designer for Magic on iOS, Xbox, and Steam. Um, Before that, I was the creative lead for kids' games. So I'm kind of of jack-of-all-trades here. Um, And I was working on this project to create two new planeswalkers from the Magic the Gathering uh, brands who were based on um, uh, a particular part of Chinese mythology. So I was working with um, our Watsi China office and with the the guys and gals there. And one of them was like, man, I don't know if you know this, because they saw Transformers on my desk, I think. and, And one guy, David, was like, you know, I don't know if you know this. But Transformers is huge in China. And I was like, "Oh, I didn't know you are a Transformers fan. And he's like, oh my God, yes. Um, and so we were talking about it. He's like, man, I really wish there was a Transformers TCG for me to play. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if that was, that wasn't the actual genesis of the project, but that was the first time that that, that concept uh, was introduced to me. And then from there, lots of discussions and lots of discussions and discussions with Hasbro. And then, um, <clears throat> Uh, Chris Cox who's the the president of uh, Wizards of the Coast and he's he's a relatively new president like within the last two years he's awesome Um, he's like let's try new things Um, he's like you know we do we do we do some we do things really well Uh, Wizard Magic the Gathering Dungeons and Dragons hyper strong brands strong growth it's it's time to try new stuff guys let's let's take the experience that we have and in our core competencies and and experiment and one of those experiment discussions led to well what what if we took one of the strongest entertainment brands in the world and one of the the strongest sets of brand game design for collectible games and mash those together and now we have a game you love
0: yeah so let's let's talk a little bit about the game mechanics because they're super simple um where did the idea for coming up with a very simplistic battle format uh, for this card game come from? Because, you know, like, even with Magic, it's, it's very complicated. This is just really simple. So, think of an... Ex-
2: I'm going to get a little bit game design here. Sure. So, there's two axes you can think about game complexity for, for a trading card game. And one of them is just absolute, how complex and how simple... And then the second one is, is that just an absolute value, right? Is this a really simple game all to all in, or is this a really really complex game all in? And you know, you you and I, we we are trading card game players. We have played things on both ends of that spectrum and in the middle. Yeah. And um, there's another axis though that isn't that we don't people don't really talk about it as much, and and that is where does the complexity lie, and For the purposes of the discussion of Transformers, we looked at, does does the complexity lie in the game rules system, so the core system rules, like deck building, structure of the turn, interaction between the players, versus does it lie in the cards? And... We knew that, and, and a lot of this decision was in, was driven by, who are we going to make this game for? And we knew that there was a huge opportunity with Transformers fans, and a huge opportunity with tabletop gamers, and we also knew that there was a, a huge opportunity with youngsters. And so we wanted a game that the game system could be grokked by a youngster. And by youngster, I mean 8, eight nine, 10. I say youngster. It's weird. Everybody calls me on it. It's okay. Children of that age age range, we wanted them to be able to grok the game system. So we we shifted a lot of the complexity of the game from the game system over to the cards and the cards interaction. And in Transformers, there's a specific bundle of complexity in deep deck building. And so we ended up with a with a system that you've noted that is really easy to pick up, and we've tested this with six year old like professionally tested a ton of, for of market research game game testing. Um, youngsters can pick up this game. It's 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 perfectly tuned for them, and they love smashing robots together. Yeah. Um, there there what, what there was this experience in in testing. Where I'm sitting, you know, I'm sitting behind the two-way glass, right, and we're watching youngsters play. And there are these two six-year-old girls, and they are self-identified as, as gamers. And they, you know, the moderator teaches them the rules, and then for the, like the next half an hour, they're just playing the most basic rules of the game, and they are having a great time. And I'm like, success! Youngsters can get this game. Yeah. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we're testing with the the magic development team who are the folks who, who are the, the pro, Magic Pro Tour vets who work at WOTC now, who, um, who develop and do the hardcore, deep metagame playtesting for Magic the Gathering. And they're like, huh, this is a super interesting, and interesting with asterisks, interesting deck-building experience because you've got this and this and this. And I'm like, great, success.
0: Yeah, you got it from both uh, ends of the spectrum. and uh, Yeah, my, my 10-year-old son, I said, hey, let's play this. like, no, 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 because he's tried playing Magic, and he can play it, but it's he always loses, so he didn't have any interest in it. But I got him to sit down, told him the rules, and he immediately picked it up, and he thought it was tons of fun and exciting. And though he didn't win, but he almost knocked me completely out. Uh, it was down to one robot and luckily, it was Shockwave, so I was able to take him out. But he had lots of fun, and he wants to play it more. So he definitely hit it uh, out of the park uh, for this. You know,
2: that's the story I want to hear because um, you know it sounds like you and I are of the same age. Yeah, and we we were we were amongst, if not the first generation of Transformers fans in the United States, and we we are of an age where we have youngsters of our own and raising them as fans of Transformers' geek culture of gaming. And we specifically created a game to exist inside of that parent-child intergenerational play dynamic. Yeah, We knew it existed. We knew it's there, we've seen it. And we wanted an opportunity, we wanted to give Transformers' parents and their their kids an opportunity to sit at the table and enjoy the love of Transformers and the love of tabletop gaming in that face-to-face, have that face-to-face play connection, and both this is the critical part, and both be able to engage the game on a meaningful level. Like from what I heard, you're not dumbing down your play when you're when you're playing with your son. You're playing, your son's playing at a level that's comfortable for him, and you're both enjoying it. Yeah, and that that is the the success story of this game.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like, again, you did. A great job of this. I'm sorry, super excited to try to, to get the interview to talk about this because it's a, such a fun game, and it's exciting. And, and of course, I'm I'm going to show my geekiness. Anytime I sit down to play or, or I'm building a, a deck, I'm definitely playing the uh, the animated uh, movies soundtrack in the background while I'm working on that, uh, just because it's a great um, soundtrack.
2: It's for, for me, for me. It's the, uh, whenever I shuffle my deck, you know the transition between scenes in the G1 oh, cartoon?
0: Yeah. Yep, I have that uh, as a text message <laughs> reminder.
2: Nice, that plays in my head as I shuffle.
0: Yep, that, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, as a huge Transformer fan, it's it's kind of sad that they haven't gotten the excitement and the treatment they have over, like, say, in China. Um, you know, we, they kind of disappeared. And the few animated cartoons and series we have have been okay, but they've never really been something that I've been super excited about, like the Gen One series, you know, Transformers Prime, uh, you know, Beast Wars, Transformers Animated. Those are the few that are coming to mind. They were okay, but they weren't. They never captured that magic or that excitement I had as a kid. But this game does, which is Um, amazing. I'm, I'm
2: glad that it does. I think we're going to have to have a polite personal disagreement here.
0: That's okay. Uh,
2: I do love the gen one cartoon deeply. Um, but I have to say the, the, the storyline of beast wars was great. And for a lot, for an entire generation, like the half generation younger than us, or maybe the one generation younger than us, beast wars for them is transformers because that was the expression of the brand at that time. You're right. Um, there's no beast wars in this right now. Um, and spoiler: this, the second set does not have Beast Wars, folks. It's it's not a Beast Wars theme set. Um,
0: That's okay. <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> that, but for me, the the recent Machinima series have been fantastic.
0: Okay, I will agree with you on that one. That the those were great. But again, we had we had the Gen One characters kind of coming back.
2: Right uh, and that's and that sort of like fits in with my personal interest which is, which is generations yeah. which has that span like the original gen 1 characters the modern takes on them and sort of the the, the folks in between that have been in, introduced into into generations. Yeah. One of the things that a, a, a tease for the future there are some characters in the Transformers universe and I and I we specifically don't do any of the the licensed the the like the the verse characters or the the Characters who are unique to um, animated t- shows—we um, we do character. We, we are pretty solidly based in toy, but there are some characters who really never had a generations expression. Okay. Uh, who in the future may show up in in the trading card game in in a generations expression of that brings them into the fold.
0: I really hope that's Ultra Magnus and Galvatron and Hot Rod and Rodimus Prime.
2: Yeah. Well. I mean, over time, I am I, I. can guarantee, like over the length of this brand, without talking about specifics, I can I can pretty much guarantee that the characters that you've mentioned will show up in some form or another, right? Yeah. Um, but I'm not. I can't tell you specifically when, but you know, mainstays of the brand are going to show up.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I just find it interesting that you have RC and Cup in this release, but we don't have like Ultra Magnus or Springer or Hot Rod or even. Rodimus, so I know they will eventually show up, and which will make me want to spend more money.
2: <laughs> so, I can. There's actually a specific reason why we did that. Um, we could have put them in the first set. There are there are characters who are not per t- tied to a particular subbrand that, or don't have a toy gimmick. Yeah. That would need um, that would need special game mechanics to express that toy gimmick. For example, that's why Soundwave is not in the first set. He needs a special set of game mechanics in order to do what he does. Yeah. Um, But we could have put Ultra Magnus in the first set, and we could have put the most popular characters, just Hog, you know, Whole Hog, in the first set. But we didn't because we wanted to show that the brand would would reach really deep, deep and wide. Like Cup, for some people, Cup is the world's best Transformer. He's there, there are a, a subset of folks who love Sergeant Cup. And I don't just mean our version of Sergeant Cup. I just mean, they. I just mean, him as a character and sort of the gruff personality of the older veteran really speaks to them. Yeah. So, and and on the other end, there are characters like Flame War who have had exactly one toy expression and are fairly obscure characters. And we, so we, we specifically dedicated some of the character card slots to show that we were going to pull in more than just the um i almost said more than we We're we're going to pull in more than just the top 10 characters on Autobot and Decepticon sides and, and you know be this sort of the same thing that over and over again
0: yeah no i i get that and that's exciting because even though we didn't get those and we do have some of these other less well-known characters it does show that you guys are kind of going for a much larger uh right. platform with these characters and we're going to get a little bit of the ones we really like and a little bit of the ones we may not be as familiar with. Yeah. And I yeah. would love to see uh, the gameplay or the the rules for when you introduce Soundwave and Blaster because they have the tape decks.
2: <laughs> I, 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 when that day arrives, I would be
0: happy to demo it to you. That, awesome. I, I'd be more than happy to, to do so. Now, you guys have a new expansion coming out. Uh, later this month, the, that is going to be including Metroplex. I mean, the giant city Autobot himself. Yup. How is that going... I mean, can you talk about how that's going to change the dynamics of the gameplay? Because, I mean, that's a massive transformer.
2: Sure. So first, you're going to need a larger table to play on. Okay. Because that card is like eight, almost eight inches tall. Um. And wow. second... Yeah. So... Size matters, right? Like, we didn't really touch on it before, but we just made the character cards big because big is cool. Big lets us show off the art. And big kind of represents the bigness of Transformers. Like, Transformers characters are turned into vehicles. They're physically large. And we kind of wanted to sort of softly push that.
0: Okay. um, And we wanted to play with size. Dimensionality
2: of of play um, components is kind of a theme for the first year. (coughs) Excuse me. And so Metroplex is sort of the second part of that. Metroplex is a titan, right? Like yeah. there, there are a bunch of titans. Only two of them are pretty well-known, maybe three. Um, Metroplex is by far the most well-known. Um,
0: then we have Triptychon, Fortress Maximus, and Scorpinox.
2: Right. and those. those, those I, I would have said Metroplex, Triptychon, and Fortress Maximus are probably the three best known, but you're probably right. Scorponox is probably as well known as Fortress Maximus. Problem is Fortress Maximus is a headmaster. Yeah. And I absolutely want to do Fortress Maximus as a headmaster as opposed to just pretend that he's not a headmaster. Okay. So we started with Metroplex because um, that is the one that is most well known, particularly from the toy point of view. Yes. And we were like, why not just make him bigger? The technology exists to make bigger trading card cards, so we did it. Um, and I don't. I, I, there's not much more to say. Like he's gigantic and shiny,
0: yeah. And
2: he he's bigger than the other character cards. Anyway, he also has a completely unique um, deck and team that comes in that Metroplex deck product that's ready to go out of the box. And the neat thing is that he's 25 stars. Okay, so you're oh, maxed out. That's correct. And he starts you start the game with Scamper, Slammer, and Six Gun underneath Metroplex, and every time Metroplex converts back into city mode, he deploys you get to choose and deploy one of the characters underneath him. Ah. So every time he converts into a city, you get to in the words of in the words of Megatron, the giant Autobot spits out more Autobots. Awesome.
0: Yes. Yes, I like that.
2: Um, and uh, so that's one new play pattern that we've introduced with the Metroplex deck and then the other, the other interesting thing is um, Metroplex basically has an ultimate Met- Metroplex robot side has when, if you flip and reveal two of each of the pip color types, two red, two blue, and two white he deals damage to everybody on the opposing team and then taps
0: them wow
2: um, and so, in some ways, he's a sort of play, the deck plays really interesting, and it goes through an evolution over the course of the game. Where when it starts out, Metroplex is a little bit vulnerable, and he has a boatload of hit points to that that he is soaking damage. As you build up teammates by flipping and getting Six Gun Scamper and and Slammer out, and and basically those characters uh, make. They give bold to Metroplex, and there are other cards in the deck that give bold to Metroplex. And what you do is you build up, so Metroplex is flipping like 6, 8, 12 card to turn to get his ultimate off every time he attacks. And so if you can make it to that through that development period safely and manage the incoming damage, um, Metroplex turns into a beast because he's, he's, he and his team can just crack at, at the opposing team. On the other hand, you have to make it to that point. So it's a very yeah. interesting play style that evolves over the course of the game.
0: So it's definitely a much longer game uh, strategy when playing that character.
2: I wouldn't say the games take longer. I would say that you're playing a, the long game in quotes.
0: Okay. No, I mean, that, that's a really cool idea. I like you know, how you use the quote where he transforms. Smaller Autobots come out and... Uh, that he's not super. I mean, he doesn't do a lot of damage at first. You have to build up to that. It makes it, you know, a little bit more fair for the other t- team that it doesn't have that titan to try to win uh, before he gets that ultimate off. Yep. So I like and that.
2: The Metroplex deck comes out November sixteenth, so we're really close to that.
0: Yeah. Um. So because we have. Metroplex, is there going to be a Trypticon? Because I I know there are just Decepticon fans that they don't really want to play Autobots, they just want to play their Decepticon deck.
2: I know. Oh, I've I've heard many of those Decepticon fans, and I will say that Decepticon fans are going to get a lot of fun stuff in, 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 in through 2019, but I have to shake the magic 8-ball when it comes specifically to the, the Trypticon question, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and the result says, eh?
0: <laughs> That's fine. I, I understand. Uh, you know, you guys have a schedule, and there's only so much you can announce and talk about, so we'll just say coming soon.
2: Do you, would, you, would, you want, would you want us to do Trypticon? Be honest with me now. You can say no if you don't want no, to. No,
0: seriously. I, I loved, you know, as is, is goofy as Trypticon kind of is because he doesn't seem like the brightest uh, Transformer in the deck, he is still a really cool de- uh, d- uh titan i mean he's a giant dinosaur and he can blast energy rays out of his mouth uh it would be really cool to see
2: i I agree it would be cool to see but you know And I'm going to sarcasm filter here. Uh, The team is very seriously considering putting out Necro Titan prior to putting out Trypticon because, you know, we want to hit the uh, obscure—sarcasm off. No, Trypticon would almost certainly be the next Titan that we do if we do another Titan. But let's see how the Metroplex goes over with players before we contemplate that.
0: Yeah, no. Um, No, that is a good idea. Uh, Make sure that works out really well. So—
2: I mean, there are—I think there are 16 Titans total. We could do um, there's that's One of the things I love about Transformers is there's so many options when it comes to cool characters that have really unique things that translate really well to a trading card game that isn't afraid to be a little bit wacky.
0: Yeah. No, I, I you know, I, it just, Trypticon comes to mind because him and Metroplex clash the most. But you're right, there are a lot of other titans that are just as awesome uh, and would be cool to see.
2: Is there a character that you would most want in the game that we have? I mean, you talked about Hot Rod and Ultra Magnus, and I don't know whether you would just bring those up as characters, as, like, high-profile characters in the Transformers lore, that we haven't done yet. But who who specifically would you want us to see uh, put out in character
0: form? I mean, honestly, um, my ultimate two favorites are Prime and Hot Rod or Rodimus. Um, I've always loved those characters.
2: Uh... Okay, well... We've guaranteed satisfied one. Yes, there, there are, as you might imagine, there are going to be other versions of Optimus Prime who show up in future products. Yep, and um, I just signed off on the final art. So we're we're a lot of our art has originally come from Hasbro's library of art, but we are um, commissioning significant volumes of new art for the game. Okay, uh, so that we can get even some some of the more obscure. Uh, Versions or um, you like one-time appearances of a version of a character or what have you, or just different poses. Um, and I just signed off on an Optimus Prime version for uh, no, when is that? That is the that is the midsummer 2019 set, a complete art both sides, and it is oh boy, it is some good.
0: Nice. I mean, uh, there is an Optimus that you were going to flip over. Okay. I mean, uh, I, 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 Optimus and Rodimus are always fantastic characters. Uh, even Galvatron, I'd love to see. Um, I'm super yep. stoked that you guys put in Nemesis Prime. I just wish I could get a copy. It's just like, and of course, I know he's one of the most rare. Um, there's just something really cool about having that black Optimus, or even. Even the shattered glass version of Optimus where he's purple and he's the bad guy uh, would be really cool to see as well. Is there a
2: hint? I hear a hinting.
0: Maybe. Maybe.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's funny. Um, We're launching this in English throughout the world, right? And we have... Watsi has brand managers who manage the different regions. And um, so I'm going to give a shout-out to Will Chan who is the APAC uh, brand manager. He's based out of our Australia office. And every time I get on Skype with him, uh, it is no coincidence, but the masterpiece uh, Nemesis Prime is looming over his shoulder. <laughs> uh,
0: he, he, is, he is one of the biggest... I, I'm a big Nemesis Prime fan.
2: He's one of the biggest Nemesis Prime fans, fans I've ever heard. He has every expression um, of Nemesis Prime. I've ever seen, heard of, or possibly not, you know, produced by. Any, yeah. Anyway, but he has that giant masterpiece version, and it it taunts me every single time I'm skyping with Will. Hi, Will.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have the giant masterpiece of Optimus. Uh, they're just fantastic figures. You really are to have uh, a nemesis. Oh man. Now I'm gonna have to try to figure out how to have that with my collection. Dang it. <laughs> But that, I know, right? I, that's the the exciting thing that is this uh, this game is because it harkens to that childhood era that we grew up in. Uh, even kids growing up now, they have their favorite Transformer. It harkens to them. Uh, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of the Michael Bay movies, but it still was enough that there are fans out there that love Transformers because of those. It just seems like this is one of those. Uh, pop culture things it is just synonymous and is not going to disappear from our culture anytime soon
2: 35 years is a super long lifetime for an entertainment brand but it's a super long lifetime for an entertainment brand that continues to gain generations of followers yeah um and 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 create and enjoy new fans And, and we are super super happy to be on to be making a product that can where you and I can have this conversation at the level we're having it as fans who have been doing this for 30 years or plus, and at the same time you can have that experience with your youngster who's 10 and is the, amongst the new well, Rescue bots is probably, those kids are probably a newer generation than your son but he's amongst the, the youngest generations of Transform, Transformers fans out there that that really makes me professionally proud <laughs>
0: Well, that, that's great. Uh, you know, my youngest son, uh, he's two, and they have those, uh, well, they're in robot mode, but the Transformers, and they just their arms just move, and they kind of swivel their hips. Um, they're Astros. Yeah. So we were going down, because he sees my, my Transformers in my office all the time. We were going down the, the lane, and he grabbed Optimus Prime off the shelf. And I'm, it's like, the second he did that, I'm like, I have to buy it. Yep, it's his, and he goes to bed every night with his prime, and that's what he calls it, prime, because he can't say Optimus yet. But I'm just like, dad moment. I'm super happy.
2: I, I that is, I am super happy for you, man. That is, that is like the nerd dad's dream.
0: Yeah, it's no, not
2: you. it to him. He picked it out himself. He saw you doing it. Wanted to be like you and and made the right choice
0: yes yes uh now so we've kind of talked about everything here you you mentioned earlier that there are leagues that are going on at game stores for this
2: yeah so so if your fans want to participate in some transformers trading card game play with with other folks outside of their friends group they should have to hop down to their friendly local game store um and they ask about a Transformers League near them. Leagues, leagues are—they're fun. That they're not hyper competitive. Uh, it's come in. You you buy some packs when you join the league, um, build a deck, and then some stores. Run, you know, we 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 want stores to run Transformers the way that's best for their store. So some stores are every week you can come, come back to League Night and you can buy a new booster pack and add that to your collection that you're building for League. Um, Some stores, you you play the league from week to week, and they track it, and so on. It's it's really what the store wants to do for their own community, but yeah, your friendly local game store is the place to find that.
0: Nice. Now, with the release of the Metroplex starter set, is there going to be additional booster sets that are going to come out, or is it just mainly that?
2: So this is the Wave One of product, and it was the, the Autobot Starter Set and the, the Booster Packs, Wave One Boosters, and then Metroplex Deck, which I just, I, it's it's a deck ready to play by itself. It's not a starter. It's actually, it's more like if you play Magic, it's more like a Challenger deck. Okay. So a little bit more of a of a built up uh, competitive deck. Um, it's not like it sort of sits in that middle space in terms of complexity and competitiveness. Um, that's our wave one product. We haven't announced what wave two is yet, but there is a wave two, um, and that announcement, I guess, is not super far away from from today, or when you when you'll post it. It's in spinning distance.
0: Okay. Uh, so and everyone, stay tuned.
2: Yeah, everyone, stay tuned. Um, uh, and look for me at at PAX Unplugged. Um, I'll be there with uh, we're doing a whole bunch of Transformers events there. Um, uh, including the aforementioned league, but also some constructed play. And uh, I'll be there piloting Metroplex deck, and uh, there'll be some special announcements.
0: Nice. Okay, everyone. So you heard it. So stay tuned. Uh, Pay attention to uh, Wizards' website as well as uh, their social media page. They're always great at posting information like that. And as soon as we see it, we'll post it as well. Um, if you're going to be to PAX Unplugged, stop by and say hi to Drew and uh, test out uh, Metroplex, or even have some fun playing Transformers. And with that said, you gotta—if you don't have this game already, you have to buy it. Seriously, I—I I spent enough, um, and I'll probably spend more. But with that said, we'll catch you guys next time.
2: Until next
0: time. I would have waited an
2: eternity for this. It's over, Prime.